Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so grateful uh, for this day today and more excited for you guys. Um, I have a, a really good friend of mine and, a, uh, and a, a colleague of mine, Jason English, today. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jason is currently the uh, outpatient operations manager uh, at our day treatment facility for Wasatch Recovery. Uh, you've been here, how, how many years you've been here now? Uh, a little over five. A little over five years. Uh, love working with him. He's got a, an amazing uh, work ethic, and uh, the way he lives his life is actually pretty remarkable, and we can all learn from what he does. So I'm excited to introduce him here in just a second fully. I do need to give thanks to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me and giving me this opportunity. And also your listeners, uh, the listeners, I want to thank you guys for believing me as well. You guys have shared this with so many people and the feedback's been phenomenal. And I just, I, I pinch myself just thinking, man, I can't believe where this is at right now. So thank you so much. And Jason's going to be no different. We've had amazing guests on and this is just going to add to the list. So a little background on Jason. Uh, he was born and raised in North Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. And, uh, you know, he has seen uh, everything from the bad and the good <laughs> associated with Vegas. Um, he also uh, loved playing sports, but coming from a single parent home and, an, and a single parent income, uh, with him and his sibling, he didn't, they couldn't afford, you know, organized sports. And so you didn't play until high school, which I never knew that. And, uh, you worked really, really hard, and you earned a football scholarship to Weber State University, and I, I'm excited to talk about that as well. Uh, I like, you know, you're soft-spoken, kind-hearted, always been with the mindset of hardworking and helping where he can, and it's really true. That's why we love you here at Wasatch, uh, because you help so much. You've been married 16 years. Uh, you spent 19 years working in the field of serving other people. So, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, absolutely. So. You grew up uh, in Vegas, born and raised there. Let's talk a little bit about that, about your family life and growing up, and give us a little background there. Well, um, you think about Vegas, and of course people think drugs, sex, everything all over the place. Right. You know, uh -huh. How can you raise your kids in Vegas, things like that. But it's basically um, – it's kind of a survival, you know, yeah. uh, single parent home, uh, my sister. And all we knew is hard work from our, from our mom and, yeah. you know, go to work, whether you're sick, tired, um, right. being an adult now, you kind of understand the things that a parent should hide and keep away from a child. Let a child grow up and be a child. Right. You, know, you have, uh, friends, um, who you think are your friends your parents will always tell you, be careful. You don't know who your friends really are right. until you're put in a situation. So um, mom being away had to raise my sister a little bit to uh, daycare center, uh, go to school, go home, do your homework, cook dinner if need be, and then I'll be home. We weren't right. not taken care of. Right. We were just shown ways to survive in a sense too yeah. so you're the oldest that. i am the oldest okay mm -hmm. gotcha how um, did that did you feel a lot of pressure feeling like you had to you know help pitch in raising with your daughter or is that just all you knew with my sister no um it would be 
you, you just learn right from wrong. You know, mm-hmm. touch the stove, it's hot. Yeah. You don't touch it again once you learn, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. And um, most of those things were disappointment. I didn't want to let my mom down. Yeah. You know, any, in anything I did. So with uh, with those things, it was, this is what you need to do. This is what I need to get done. And I would just follow through with it. And sometimes there was reward and sometimes there was punishment if it wasn't done right to her liking or, or, or a certain way, yeah. you know, things like that. So was she pretty strict with you guys? Very. Like, okay. Very strict. Nobody's yeah. allowed in the house when I'm not here. Um, was that rule broken? Of course it was. You always push the bar <laughs> and push the limit and things like that. So when things would come up missing, I'm not going to steal from my own house. So, um, I had to learn who my friends really were, you know, gotcha. and I watched things, I saw things and that's when I would, you know, not want to hang out with certain people anymore because they were stealing from me who I thought were my friends. Right. Um, I would had a, had an anger issue and problem, you know, went to some counseling as a young kid mm-hmm. and, um, it was more of probably acting out, you know, things like that, not being able to interact the way other kids were interacting sports, you know, right. only in school, you know, until I got to high school. But with that, um, you just figure out ways to, to get through life, get through the day, get work through your anger without acting out or hurting other people in a sense. Right. So. Gotcha. Um, we, you know, your mom was obviously very strict and trying mm-hmm. to keep things in line, which makes sense. You know, she's trying to protect you guys. Mm-hmm. Did, were there other lessons that she would teach along, along that, along those lines that you can remember? No, not necessarily. I think it was more the way she was raised. Yeah. You know, um, we didn't live very far away from my grandmother's house, the house that she grew up in, which was about five, six blocks away. Oh, okay. And so spent a lot of time over there too. And I could, when we would go to my grandmother's house, it would be along the same lines. You know, this is what needs to be done. This is how you do it. If there's any problems or concerns, you know, you need to take care of it and fix it, you know, in a sense. So I think it was more of her upbringing as well is these are my problems, not anybody else's problems. I have to figure it out in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, um, with my, with my mom, I had an uncle and an aunt who had, my mom would say, uh, things like I laid in the bed. Now I have to make it type things where she had kids. We weren't dumped off on my grandmother. My other sibling, not siblings, but my other nieces and nephews were. And my grandmother kind of raised them in a sense where we were my mom's problem, not everybody else's problem in a sense. Yeah. But we weren't problems if that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're right. I think a lot of people, when they think of Vegas, they do think, you know, the drugs and the crime mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, the, the sex industry down there and all that stuff, um, which tends to, to also where my head goes is it was probably maybe a rougher area to grow up in. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Is absolutely. That, yeah. Absolutely. You did mention off the air that, you know, there was, you were maybe even contemplating, even considering joining a gang, but something changed your mind. Can you talk about that experience? <laughs> My own mom took me to um, a detention center and they basically held me there with my mom's permission for an entire day. Really? Put me through the ringer as far as intake process, Mm -hmm. sitting you in a cell, um, 
this is our schedule in a sense, like you have no rights here right. in a sense. And yeah. being probably 10 to 12 years old, I'm like, this sucks. This isn't what I really want, you know? And, you know, just talking to a couple of the corrections officers that were there, like, are you sure? Because we'll always have a place for you. If this is, if that's the lifestyle you want to live, yeah. there's always going to be a place for you no matter what, or they can kill you. And then you're not even walking this earth. You're not you even know? walking so, on here. Yeah, exactly. So I, that after that day, people say, well, that's scare tactics. That's scared straight, this, that, and the other. And it's like, maybe, you know, yeah. this is your brain on drugs. This is drugs. You know, <laughs> yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah. they scared me. You know? Right. So do I, but I don't feel I operate on, out of fear either. I just live my life, yeah. you know, and I just, from that point to now, just live my life. So how, how old were you when uh, your mom took you there? I would you say between 10 and 12 years 10 old. 10 and 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, your, your mom sounds like a pretty incredible lady. Cause again, what she's doing, she's, she's trying to protect you. Absolutely. Right. At the end of the day, that's, that was her motive. It sounds like, right. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope. Yeah, you know that's what I would hope. A mother's that's a motherly yeah. instinct. You know, we yeah. would we would never know about that, but as we look back, you see yeah. that I think mothers or even parents in general protect their kids. Yeah, no so, matter, at no cost, at any cost. Right. Well, obviously, you love sports uh, growing up, and but you do mention that you didn't have a, maybe an opportunity to play some of those organized sports and join you know, be part of those prep leagues and stuff. Mm -hmm. How was that on your, on, on your well-being and, and I guess your mental uh, mindset back then? I, it, I never hit me that I wasn't good enough because I had a bunch of friends that were good enough that their parents were able to, they had, what I looked at is they had their parents. I had a parent, you know, so mm -hmm. had I had a father figure in the house, maybe I could have played sports, you know, uh, yeah with them because they did have both parents in the house or other people providing by any means necessary, providing them to play because it, it costs, you have to yeah. pay to play right. in a sense. But, um, I would go to their games. I would, you know, help warm them up, you know, go through oh, some really? drills and okay. people, but they, they didn't have like scholarship ish yeah. things back in the day that I didn't, think about or know about, you know, like they do today, you see yeah. a kid playing, you're going to give them a chance to play no matter what I'll help right. them play. Yeah. Right. But anyway, we would, they would play their game on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning. And then afterwards we'd go in the streets and play and they would, Jay, you need to come play. Right. We like, need you. <laughs> My mom can't afford it or yeah. go to the basketball court, but we would go to like, we'd always play with the older guys too, to get better, be more physical get pushed around, get knocked down, beat up. I mean, all, you know, my body is full of scars, you know, from falls, you know, yeah. but you just got to get back up and yeah. keep playing, you know, yeah. in a sense. So I just had so, a really good group of friends too in the neighborhood like yeah. that supported me no matter what, you know, and always accepted me to, Hey, we're going to go do a pickup game. Let's go play. Okay, let's go. You know, yeah. I want him. Yeah. I want him, you know. Did you ever find yourself sad about the situation or was it just – I mean, because again, I know you now, very mm -hmm. confident guy, very, you know, mm -hmm. you, you got a really strong mindset. Back then, though, was that the similar? Did you a just kind of go with the punches? A little bit. I thought it was unfair. You know, why Why can't I, yeah. you know? But I, I never, when I look back on it now, I never wanted for anything, you know? Mm -hmm. My mother sacrificed everything she could to make sure that I uh, was raised the way I was raised. And I was able, to, she was able to provide for my myself and my sister, um, the things that we had and, yeah. and now she'd sacrificed a lot, you know, yeah. I mean, eighties, you know, before 
anything ever, you know, like, yeah. um, it's crazy to say, but you know, you know, you had a, what is it? Payless shoe store, you know, yeah. could barely, barely afford that. Yeah. You know, and if I, and, and Nike was big, yeah. fairly popular Reebok or whatever, but she was always, if that's what you want, save up your money and you buy that stuff. Cause I'm not buying that stuff for you. You don't need that stuff. Wow. So I just learned to figure it out Yeah, you know, and, and, and do, do without. So then I didn't need to, I didn't know what I wanted, right. you know, Yeah. because I had at that time I had exactly what I needed. Yeah. You know? Well, and again, I'm hearing what a great lesson that here's your mom saying, well, if you really want those shoes, you, you do whatever it takes to get those, right. save it up, get your money and do that, mm -hmm. which is teaching you something really powerful. Mm -hmm. Right, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So now you make it to high school, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you was football, the sport you loved the most basketball, or? basketball, was Tony it? Hopkins. He was my gym teacher when I was in grade school. Really? Okay. I was in the third grade and won a layup contest over the entire school a layup contest. Okay. Beat fifth graders, really fourth graders, beat everybody. No one could make more layups than me in a minute. <laughs> wow! And, and he was a rival basketball coach yeah. at another school when I was in high school, and never lost to him. And he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. He hated it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was fun. But he was the the guy that introduced me to being competitive in sports and you have to win, but you have to do it the right way too. Even though I don't know if he'll ever, he, he probably won't ever hear this, but people that might know me or know him, it's funny that he, he, um, he didn't like to lose. And if yeah. you, and if you beat him, it was kind of like a, eh, but it was respect too. It was right. a lot of respect. Yeah. Um, so you get to high school, do you play, so you're, you're playing basketball and football and. Um, started out playing football, never played organized football in my life, only in the streets. Right. And we had a uh, football uh, freshman, ninth grade, had a football coach that was very militant. So that introduced discipline into my life mm -hmm. where I, I wasn't a very disciplined person. Get up, do this, do this, do this. Do this. I thought I was until him. Right. And a lot of that yeah. stuck with me too. And then just work ethic too. Seeing my mom struggle and get up and go to work every day, no matter what. And then him, there are no excuses. You can't have excuses, you know, and you just have to push through. Are you hurt or are you injured? There's a difference. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that concept. And when I got into coaching later on in life too, you had to, you know, you had to change a lot of things because coaching back then and coaching today, yeah, we kind of coddle a little bit more I today agree. than we I did agree. back then. And you just learn to play hurt, you know, and did it make you tougher? It probably did. Yeah. But discipline is what I, I took the most from football and, um, just worked and worked and worked. Never had a job until I was in college, but with but with football, the discipline aspect and um, just the the camaraderie with the the guys, you know, the the winning and the losing, you right. know, and learning how to understand um, how to deal with those emotions from time to time, and it's it's it's. 
I don't, I don't want to say it changes you, but it just puts the other things into perspective that what matters and what really doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know, but with football, um, working really hard, sophomore year, there was a couple of us guys that worked out with the varsity team. And as they said, okay, you guys, sophomores, you guys head down with the JV squad. You guys are going except for you three. My name was mentioned and we stayed up there. And then I just learned that just, well, I guess I worked hard over the summer. Yeah. And then I just kept working hard. And then you got seniors that are backing me up as a sophomore playing football. Wow. In in two years. Yeah. Went from never playing organized to a three-year starter. Wow. What position were you playing? Slot receiver. Slot receiver. Yep. Gotcha. Little quick guy, I thought, you know, yeah. until I got to college. But <laughs> Right. You're like, I thought I was <laughs> Those fast. Guys, yeah, I thought it was fast. No. Yeah. But, you know, just quick and elusive, you know, mm-hmm. can catch the ball. That's all, I, that's all I've yeah. always thought about was if I just catch the ball no matter what, well, everything else will take care of itself. Exactly. It doesn't matter. So along with the sports you were playing in high school, what what were some of the challenges that you went through in high school? You know, again, you've got your mom teaching you hard work and some discipline, but now you got this coach who's like, you know, kind of like no excuses kind of thing. And, you know, did that help outside and off the field and off the court? Yeah, because it was it was just more the, the discipline aspect again, mm-hmm. and that's where I try to live a disciplined lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. You know, do things a certain way, follow schedules. Yeah. Um, um, it came from working with Wasatch Recovery, you know, be impeccable with your word. If you're going to say you're going to do something, you do it right. no matter what, you know, and just always follow through with the little things, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel sometimes we, if we just take care of the little things, the little details, then the big things are never that really, they're never that big. Right. But if you don't do the little things, then those big things are monumentous, you know, and yeah. they, they, they overwhelm you. But if you just take care of the little things first, those big things don't even, they're not even big Yeah, when it comes out. That makes sense. It. So um, pretty much flew straight then in high school. Yep. And sports is always a good thing to kind of keep things in line. And yep. Had to. You had to have good grades to yep. play. Yeah. Um, you had to be at practice to play. You had to, you know, you couldn't miss school to play. Yeah. You know, there's a few little incidents where you had like a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment, things like that. And I, my main focus was to make sure that uh, am I going to be able to play tonight because I went to the dentist and got my tooth knocked out? You know, right. like, oh, yeah, everything's good. It's a, it's an appointment that like I'm like, because oh, I was just yeah super stressed, like I was super stressed about missing, mm-hmm. you know events you know right. because i felt if i didn't play or if i didn't do something i was letting people down and that's gotcha. like that's still today one of my biggest things that i deal with on a day-to-day is am i, am I gonna let somebody down by not showing up or yeah. not being there for them who am i gonna let down and that that takes a toll on you, you know? yeah well you mentioned even growing up that you didn't never want to let your mom down that was like your main concern growing up so obviously that's kind of spilled over into other things, but to this day, you know, you know, we just bought a new home, my wife and yeah. I, and I just want, when you hear, you know, your, your parents say, um, that they're proud of you, that means a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and she reiterates that over and over again from time yeah. to time that she's proud of the man I've become because, oh, yeah. um, there were times growing up that, um, I don't know, I could have been a statistic. I don't know if I would have chose a different path. You know, yeah. and and I I just never wanted to let her down. 
you know, and let her know that she did raise a good young man. And I am the man I am today because of her and without a father figure, you know, and some people can't do that or, right, or right. use that as an excuse to not um, be who they are today. Right. You know, and it's not an excuse for me. You know, is it a is it there? Of course, it's there. It'll always be there. I didn't have a father. Who cares? You know, but maybe that's made me a better person today too. not sure. having him there. He could have, he did whatever he did with his family. Great. Right. But with me, I'm fine. Yeah. So, so give us your thoughts on not becoming a statistic. What do you, what, what are your thoughts there? Um, man, this world we live in today is so crazy. You turn on Instagram and you see videos of, you know, abuse from cops on minorities and um you know i can't get through the video because you know it's it's it strikes a nerve in a sense and that's where you know fly straight you know whatever straight is right you know um toe the line you know be disciplined do things that you're supposed to do and i just feel if we um if you're just good-hearted person in general things typically work out right better for you just there are rules for everybody there's rules for everything just learn the rules and follow the rules and ask questions if need if need be when you get to that point and just do what you're supposed to do right you know we'll talk about that for a minute you know and I, it would be great to hear your perspective obviously because talk about you know um you know being african-american and and being i guess considered a minority right mm-hmm talk about what that feels like or the experience of that. I mean, I don't know what that feels like, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'd love to hear your perspective on it. And just like you said, when you watch some of these cops who are abusing people that they pulled over, you can't even sit through it. You have to turn the thing off. Um, so just talk about that a little bit, Jason. If I go back a little bit, um, unless people know me, my mother is white. Okay. And so being biracial, my father is black. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I okay. get a lot of the mix of everything of why okay. I think the way I think, why I do the things the way I do is because, again, if we go back to being brought up, my mother was not going to allow certain things to happen in her household. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I wasn't okay. going to be uh, stereotyped or, okay. or um, a statistic. Not in my house. If you want to do those things, you can leave. There's the front door. You know, so I had a, I was given a choice right then and there. Mm-hmm. She had rules. I learned to live by rules, okay. structure, sports, discipline, um, ske- you know, just scheduling and, and not um, offending anybody or or. Um, not letting people down in a sense mm-hmm. um, as we is and now as we go into that, it's. There are things going on in this world that are hor- horrendous things, and no one really knows what they will do until they're put in that situation. Yeah. When you're watching a video of, say, cops being abusive toward minorities, mm-hmm. African American, Hispanic, Asian, you know, it 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 touches us a certain way, and you know, other races other ways. You know, yeah. based on uh, social economic status. You know. Yeah. Not not ever being around that, you know, lifestyle or upbringing or anything like that. But 
what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Right. If a man is yelling for his life and he's in a chokehold, at some point in time, he's not going to be able to breathe. Right. So why are two guys holding one guy down yeah. and threatening other people that if they step forward that they're going to shoot them? Yeah. Because I guess the bystanders are seeing something going on that's wrong. Yep. Yeah. At what point does it click or register in the officer, no matter what their race is, in their head to stop doing what they're doing? This person is not uh, threatening in any way, shape, or form. And if he does, if he is or becomes, then let's maybe shoot to uh, wound and not shoot to kill. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the bystand, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody's going to pull it out. Everybody's going to record and everybody's going to have their angle and view on certain things. Yeah. We all just need to slow down, stop mm -hmm. and look at the situation mm -hmm. and what's going on. Yeah. You know, and it's a human being, you know, what really did he do? Yeah. And we've got a wide number of them. Mm-hmm fatalities that ended over sitting on one's car and a false uh call to that this person did what another person think it, it, it it's crazy yeah. you know and we're not we're coming into um chaos and there was none yeah you know right it's all about how we react to things too in a sense i think so yeah that's a little bit on that. Um, I well, just, yeah, I can imagine that'd be challenging, though. I mean, again, like you know, I've never had to deal with that because you know I'm white, and you know, unfortunately, there's people who have had to go through those kind of things. I don't like watching those things either, mm -hmm. um, but I don't see it through the lens that you do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I was just you know wanted to see your point of view on that. Yeah, my heart starts to beat a little bit when I see flashing lights. Mm -hmm. Like, what did I do? Is my seatbelt on? Yeah. Did I speed? Did it, was that a red light I just ran? I don't know. Like, what did I do? Do I need to call my wife and put her on speakerphone? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do I do? Yeah. You know, who do I sure. call? What? Are, you know, and it's, yes, sir. No, sir. How can I help you, sir? Whatever it is, I'm going to reach for my yeah, you, uh, registration. My wallet is right here next to me all times you know what i'm saying i just put mm -hmm. it in the door so i'm not yeah. making any funny moves or anything but those are things that i have to consciously think about wow. you know that yeah um and again i don't know where you know but it, it's just but i i know that i would hope that how i react to the situation you know they're going to react to the situation and we both walk away, yeah. you know, and gotcha. not have to, yeah. not have to go down that road. Gotcha. You know, well, thanks for sharing that, uh, Jason. I appreciate that. So let's jump up to, you know, you, you end up, you work hard for four years, you earn a scholarship to Weber state university. I mean, talk about that experience. I mean, did you ever think that you were going to get a scholarship? <laughs> maybe you did, you know, maybe you're like, no, I'm getting one. <laughs> um, as I got better, I, I made that a focus and a goal. Mm -hmm. um, there were certain movies out um, growing up. You'd watch the program was one of my yeah. favorite movies. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. It was kind of a recruiting <laughs> slash, you know, call, you know. And and I remember a scene in the movie before one of the linebackers gets uh, taken out for the rest of the year, blows his knee out. He bought his mom a uh, door, a door knocker, 
and he and she's like, "What's this?" And he's like, "This is for the house that I'm gonna buy you when I get to the NFL." Oh. So, what kid doesn't have aspirations of being a professional athlete? Right. Yeah. Um, so true. I do remember before I signed or even got offer from Weber State University, there were a couple high school buddies that went to rival high schools that went to Weber State University, and I'm like, "Weber State, you're better than that." <laughs> And that's where I end up, right? <laughs> so I'm like, no, but there were a couple guys from Vegas. Um, my roommate was actually a guy that I played against in both football and basketball and track. Um, so that made the, the the transition that much easier because right. I knew somebody from Vegas. We were roommates. Yeah, that, roommates for sure. four years, so it was super easy. Yeah, you that's know? nice, yeah. Um, we come in, there's a big class of about 40 of us, and only a couple of us didn't red shirt. Again, I busted my... I, I busted my butt. I worked hard. I didn't. I wanted to play. I loved playing the game, and so I was. I was fortunate enough to be able to play my freshman year at Weber yeah. State. That's awesome. Um, but then now you're an adult, and now the the stakes are, are they rise a little bit more, yeah. and and you have a lot more to lose. I didn't know what it was to be a student athlete. I didn't. I only know what it was to be an athlete. Now I was a good student in high school. Don't get me wrong, but the high school is easy. Yeah. College was a little bit different because the professors don't care. They are not on you 24-7 like your teachers are or your coaches are when mm -hmm. you're in high school. So in college, you, oh, class isn't until 10 o'clock. Eh, I don't have to go to that class today. Yeah, I'd miss a class all week. I failed my first three quarters because we were on the quarter system back then. Uh -huh. I failed my first three quarters. I didn't get to play spring ball. I lost my scholarship. So I had to go to summer school in wow. order to get eligible and hopefully grades would transfer back to Weber State so that I can play my sophomore year. Really? Okay. So now life starts coming at me really fast and start thinking about those things, you know. But unfortunately, again, lost a little bit of that work ethic and hard work and discipline, got it back, and then I just tried to keep it going, right. you know, and just – keep it going grades weren't always the best in college classes are a little bit harder you have to focus and study a little bit differently than you yeah. did in high school You're right um testing centers and things like that you know reading a little bit more than than you want to or you have to you <laughs> yeah. know in order and 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 the information you know so i don't think anybody's the best tester uh test sure. taker out there so that right. struggled a little bit but um you know, I, 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 that was freedom to me as well. I was away from home, you yeah. know, but I also missed home, but I, I wanted to get away as well. You know, I yeah. wanted to make my mother proud of who I was, you know, yeah. and, and what I was becoming and what I wanted. It's my life. I want to do what I want to do, yeah. you know, so she was very happy and open. She cries to this day every time I come <laughs> home and when I yeah. leave, you know, because it's like. <laughs> Yeah. Not a baby boy anymore, yeah. you know, and it's like Vegas is will always be my home. Well, I'm sure she's very proud of you. You mentioned that earlier as well. Um, yeah, I, I, that's always a good thing when you know your parents or parent is very proud of where, where you've came from and what you're doing now. You know, ultimately just being a good person, like you've talked about several times already, how important that is, just being a good person. Just be good, you know. Um, you, you, one of the things you talk about, and you mentioned that it's like you said, the 
the teachers don't care if you go to class or not in college. They care less. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, one of the things I've heard you even say, you know, no one, no one cares. Work harder. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a minute. <laughs> um, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> I mean, I know what it means, but what, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It's just a. It's just a. I don't want to call it a mantra or anything like that. Um, Lamar Jackson is actually wearing a T-shirt after football games. He quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Right. Yeah. Um, on his name um but anyway i kind of wish this was on video in a sense just because you could kind of read my expression and and what my emotions or my thought my thoughts are are more than what my words are going to say yeah Um, i just look at that as life in a sense no one cares work harder you know and and i think that goes for everybody and everything that you do yeah you know um yeah, you get sick or, or, uh, you know, you, yeah. you weren't able to go to work or your, your, your power gets shut off or your gas gets shut off, things like that. They don't care, you know, just do something so that it doesn't happen. Right. You know, um, the field that we work in is a very, yeah. very tough field working yeah. with the, the individuals that we work with and we can't say that to them. You can say that to a few of them, yeah. but you can't say it to all of them. Right. Um, we have a program, but um, we treat everybody as individuals. And yeah. you know who you can talk to a certain way For and sure. you know who you can't talk to yeah. a certain way. And with that, sometimes you can use that and say, mm-hmm. no one cares, work harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sorry. What do you <laughs> want me to do about that? That's right. your situation. That's your issue. That's your problem. Well, and I've heard you say that a lot of times to clients and, uh, and just even, even with colleagues and it makes a lot more sense now knowing your upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you want those shoes? Yeah. Go, go, go do it. Go work for them. Go work for them. Go earn the money and now, go work for them. She can't you know? say what, I won't ever tell her the amount I'll spend on a pair of shoes, <laughs> right. but that's what I do. Well, those that you know, know you now, you, you, you have a nice array of shoes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's we all have vices and that's that's probably my vice yeah. is shoes. Yeah, he's know. he's got uh, a different pair every time I see him, which is um, I'm jealous. <laughs> he's got a good set of shoes there, man. But but I love that though, Jason. Uh and I couldn't agree more. You know, I I usually come a, I I approach the client differently than saying that where you can say it to every one of them. Take full responsibility for your life, and the moment you start doing that, that's when things will change. Absolutely. At the end of the day, and you're right. At the end of the day, no one's really going to care. So work harder, make your life better. And I love that you say that. You know. Nope. So, is is that where you met your wife at Weber State, or did you meet her afterwards? Or I met her uh, toward the end, uh, toward the end of my 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 schooling and, okay. and football playing days at Weber State. Is she um, from up there or she's that area? She's from Plain City, Utah. Okay. Um, it's funny. She's a, a ex-best friend of an ex-girlfriend of mine, and I never even <laughs> looked at her like that, you know. Right. And how <laughs> how uh, we came to even start dating is is a weird story that people that are close to us know and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, just a cool, cool girl. And yeah. She was just awesome. looking for a good guy, and I felt at that time I was a good guy. And mm-hmm. we just started hanging out and been together ever since. Yeah, 16 years. Yeah. Just got a new house, too. So mm-hmm. congratulations on all of that. Thank you. 
That's awesome. So uh, let let's tell our listeners, um, you know, what's your role here at Wasatch Recovery, and and kind of you talked about also, you know, for the last nineteen years you've been working in a field of serving other people. So maybe talk about that whole kind of what that looks like. So for fifteen years, I ran a, a group home in a group home setting, uh, adolescent youth from 12 to 18 years old. I did that for 15 years. And then um, met a few employees that are here right now with Wasatch Recovery mm-hmm. and um, became friends with them and um, told me to come out here and, and just a change up, you know. Right. Uh, what I do, wear a lot of caps, you know, with Wasatch Recovery, I, as I feel we all do. Yeah. Um, there isn't one thing I do um, really, really good. I just think I do a lot of good things well yeah. you know um i help with uh, our admissions team to get people uh, assessments for a uh, level of care you know and mm-hmm. they can start down at our place which is outpatient um where they're able to roam freely and go home or go to work and do mm-hmm. whatever they need to do or they need to come into residential um for a, a way get away from um their life right. style that they're living right now and uh, then do some outpatient work and also sober living if need be. You know, day treatment is five days a week and outpatient, uh, intensive outpatient is three days a week. Um, and and just talk to them, just talk to people, learn, yeah, right. um, teach, you know, yeah. um, change thought patterns, habits, things like that. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, and you do a fantastic job and you are a hard worker. Um, and again, it just, it make it's all, you know, I'm putting all the puzzle pieces together in my head now, you know, just understanding a little bit more of how you were raised and what you, you know, what you went through growing up. So, I mean, obviously you love helping people. I, what I love about you, Jason is, you know, I've always looked up to you in a way of, yes, I know you work hard, but I love your mindset. And what I mean by that is, you know, the confidence that you have, I don't, it doesn't come across as arrogant. It's more of just, you're sure of yourself. And I know there's certain principles that you live by. Is there some things there you could share with us? Like, you know, what is, how do you cultivate that? And and where's that, you know, coming from? Necessarily, it's not, I'm I'm not a big talker, you know, and those that talk the most do the least. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think with, with looks that I probably incorporated from growing up where you get that look and you stop. (laughs) Right. You know, because <laughs> yeah. maybe the fear of whoever was put into you to knock it off or I'm going to help, you know, help yeah. you stop. But yeah. anyway, um, with that, I don't like to talk. You know, that's why, you know, <laughs> it, how long has it taken you to, to get me yeah, in here and sit true. down? And it's, months, and it's probably, months. you know, and, and I'm glad I'm here, but I, I'm more of, you know, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to hear that you're done using and you're never going to use again. You don't have to say that. Just yeah. don't do it. Just prove it. Yeah. Just what don't, you, do. yeah. you know, and, and your actions will speak volumes over any words you ever speak. Yeah. Your actions. Yeah. So with that, Todd, I look at, um, I just try to be soft spoken, yeah. quiet, direct, I'm probably more indirect than I am direct, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it's more of action versus talking. Right. You know, in 
If I say I'm going to do something, then now I have to put those words into action and do that. it and, and follow through because yeah. if I don't, then I've let you down yeah. or I've let a client down or I've let a coworker or, or a boss or, you know what I'm saying? Sure. My mom, yep. you know, and that's where it was is like, okay, I'll just, just do it. Dang. I love that, man. And, and and again, that is you. You, I mean, what, that's what I see of you. You, yeah, you don't talk a ton. You're not the the loudest guy in the room. I, I heard it once that the loudest person in the room is the weakest. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, that's perfect because I mean, you are the guy that just kind of sits in the background for a minute. But when you say you're going to do it, I know it gets done. I think that comes with age too, mm-hmm. because I think when we were younger, we were all fireballs. We were all like chomping at the bit, ready to go. <laughs> you know, yeah. And they were like. Yeah. People are like you played football, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's different when you're between those lines and you're with the, your buddies in the locker room and you're you're yeah. you're going to battle things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a switch that we all have, but I think though too with age you don't uh, make a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, you kind of sit back, analyze everything, and then you make your decision based on all these little things. You know, not just something happened, boom, I got to do this. No, it's like something happened, okay, did this get done? Did that get done? Okay, let's do this, you know, and I think this field of of work, too, helps with that, too. Yeah. Kind of not that anything isn't serious because what we do is very serious. Yeah. But um, that's what 911's for and the police and paramedics and doctors are for, you know, things like that. If it has to get to that level. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love that. Um if if someone's listening to this right now and they, you know, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're trying to figure out their way, what advice could you give them? I don't think it'd be any different from our, uh, the clients that we work with on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Who are you doing it for? Mm. You can't do this for anybody else but you. If you're doing it for anybody else, be it your child. I don't have children. But um, I'll say, and I've said it again, you know, I, I don't want to let people down. Mm-hmm. And so that's a fear of mine. You know, it's a false belief or, or a weird belief in a sense, you know, but mm-hmm. we all have them too, right. I think. Yeah. But it's more of, is this what you really want? Is this the lifestyle or is, or is, is there something else out there that you really want? You're going to do what you have to do to get to that. Yeah. But do it ethically. Do it the right way. Do it uh, morally in a sense. I don't know, but... Um, but you have to, as an individual, have to want what it is yeah. that you're chasing, you know, or it's, you're not going to get it. If you're doing this for somebody else, it's not going to last. Right. It's not going to last. No, I love that. Do it for you. Um, I agree with you, Jason. We always do what we really want. And if you don't want it, you're probably not doing it. Right. Right. So, no, very. that's great advice. Um you know, I know you're you're kind of a private person, so I don't know if I want should ask you this question. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if someone wanted to reach out to you and just tell you thanks for this or ask you a question, is there a way that they could do that that uh, you'd be comfortable with? Yeah, I my I think I'm an open book. You know, sure. Um, my phone number's posted everywhere. I don't <laughs> memorize what my Instagram or my they're they're just things to follow people right you know, i don't i don't i don't even know is it 
Coach English underscore 101 or something like right. that. I don't uh-huh. know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm my office is where my office is. Um, my phone number is on the cards posted throughout biz, uh, the, the offices around, mm-hmm. you know, an inpatient or outpatient. Give me a call. Talk to me. Yeah. You know. Okay. Love it, man. Love it. Well, um, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story with us and some background. And I mean, I've learned a lot about you already and um, very, very inspired. And um, I'm actually very impressed with uh, your mom, <laughs> you know, just, you know, strict, but yet teaching you some very powerful lessons. And, and I'm hearing this and I'm going, man, I want to be more like that. And you know, I want to keep teaching my kids who are all now older, but still, you know, I can still teach and coach and help them, you know. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing all that. And oh, you're welcome. Thank right. you. That yeah. means a lot. Yeah. You're a great guy, Jason. Well, there you go, listeners. There's Jason English. Man, what a, a great person doing great things. And I love what he said about just let's just be good people. Just be a good person. Do the right thing. And uh, everything else falls into place. And I love that you said that. And and so um, there you go, listeners. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And I appreciate your support in this. Share this with anyone you know who might uh, benefit from this. And uh, until next time.